I get an opportunity to tap into my professional learning network as I speak with Assistant Principal Jody Raddy on this day in the year of APing Dangerously. Welcome to the Year of APing Dangerously podcast. podcast. Here's your host, Kathy Walker. This is an exciting episode for me because this, again, I'm still playing with my new podcasting toy, but this is the first time I've gotten to conduct an interview uh, via phone. So I know it's going to sound a little different, but still very exciting because it's also a chance to connect with a member of my PLN, which is stands for Professional Learning Network. And again, those are the folks not just in your building or in your district, but again, across this country that we have to reach out to. And hopefully this podcast is a way we can reach out to each other to strengthen our practice, to get better. And if we're not all going to get better together, what's the point? That's all I'm saying. So this was very exciting. And I do appreciate and thank Jody for taking the time to 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 talk with me, to share his origin story. And oh, the similarities were scary. So it was just a fun time. So let's get to it. The year of AP dangerously. The year of AP dangerously. Hello and welcome to the show, Jody Raddy. Welcome to the Year of Hi. AP and Dangerously podcast. Hi, Kathy. I'm super excited. Thank you so much for uh, for having me. I, I am excited because I know the value of uh, the PLN and reaching out to people, and you're someone whose comments I always see on the AP chats that happen on Sunday night, and someone I I'm learning from, and part of that. Big collective to have you on the show. And one of the things I'm always interested in is people's origin stories and how they come to the role of assistant principal. You know, it's funny that you talk about the origin story. It's almost like we're superheroes. <laughs> yeah, right? So, but what's great is when I started listening to your story, um, when I, because I, was not great about jumping on board with a, uh, with the year of APing dangerously when it first came out. So I had to go ahead and maybe binge five or six episodes. I'm not going to lie. Um, but when you were talking about your story, our stories parallel each other really closely. And I thought that that was super cool. Wow. So I'm also a career changer. I worked in, uh, I worked in professional theater. I was, uh, in sales and design before I became a teacher. So I came in, uh, I came in mid-year. My very first day on the job, I was super excited because the day before, um, the English department chair at the high school that I was working at had handed me the first, the first quarter curriculum on December 1st. And what he said to me is he said, yeah, I can't seem to find the second quarter curriculum, but this is what they did last quarter. You'll be fun. Oh, so that man. was fun. <laughs> That's like sink or swim. So, oh yeah, the, the ultimate. So I was super lucky. Oh, it was terrific. It was 
I, I was super lucky that I had uh, a great team to work with. In uh, I co-taught, and my co-teacher, I taught uh, English 9, and uh, my co-teacher also worked with the, one of the other English 9 teachers, and literally on the first day, walked in with a stack of papers, all my overheads run, because I still had an overhead projector, and said, here, this is what we're doing today. And I went, I, what? And she said, just start at the top, hand things out, work your way to the bottom. This is what we're doing today. I'll take care of you for a while. And she did. She was great. She just went from first period and carried a stack of things over to me and handed them to me second period. So right away, I started seeing like the real value in collaboration and the not just closing your door and living in your own little world as a teacher. So as I kind of worked on and on, I went out of my way to always make sure that I was kind of reaching out and touching base with another teacher and who am I working with? So after I, so I, I ended up leaving that building after I think eight years and I moved into, um, I was running a program at a middle school where again, I'm walking into other teachers' classrooms, co-teaching as a like, kind of like a, a half a coach. I was um, halftime like a, uh, an instructional coach and halftime in the classroom. Okay, this um, is starting to I, sound really, really eerie and weird. Eerie, right? Because <laughs> I taught for eight years and then went on to be a, an instructional coach. <laughs> I did this. I, was, I swear I was listening to your story and I was, I was going, wait, what? You're my what? brother from another mother. <laughs> right? So I will say this. You did your time in middle school and God bless you because... <laughs> I put a little time in and I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> um, so I went, I, so I went from there. I went to be a full-time instructional coach for three years working in middle school, but working directly with teachers, working on collaborative planning, um, lesson planning, really supporting new teachers. Um, and then, uh, and so all this time also I was working as an assistant principal in uh, the evening high school that we had, in, in that district, which was a, um, it's a comprehensive evening high school, three o'clock till nine o'clock every day. Uh, students can go full time. Students come in and take one or two classes. And I worked my way from teacher to assistant principal to, um, to lead administrator there and found that I was working as an instructional coach from eight to three, eight to four, and then going over to evening high school and working from, you know, three, three or four till nine o'clock. And, and I felt like that was my first job and instructional coach was my, was my second job. Wow. So, so it just, it really like just working with those kids, with the really struggling learners, with the really, uh, the really fragile kids. And these really, are probably kids. Really, really I imagine you I mean, probably were, would have dropped out had it not been for this kind of alternative program. Almost universally. Wow. Um, these were kids who were, who had been incarcerated and then came back because they, um, cause they weren't 18 yet. And so they had to put in time kids who had um, serious issues at home, serious personal issues, whether they were addiction or violence and, and being able to, to work with some of these kids to get them to cross that stage 
And every year, every year I cried at graduation. I'm not going to deny it. <laughs> um, so, and then just last year over the summer, I interviewed for a position in a different district. So in Maryland, districts are countywide and they are, um, so I went from a district of, I think, I think there's 14 high schools to a district of 10. Like just, so I don't, I didn't know anybody walking in. Um, and it, and I, I got, got offered a position as an assistant principal at a school that in terms of demographics, in terms of socioeconomics, in terms of achievement, almost exactly paralleled the school that I started in my very first, my very first year's teaching. And just my first day was actually was the first day with kids. And I just walked in and fell in love with the school, fell in love with the community, everything. That's a really long story. I know, but like I said, but you know, I, I feel the same. I felt the same way that you did kind of really like our story. I felt like when you were telling your story, I was like, she's telling my story. I know this story. (laughs) That 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 is that is a that is amazing, and I, I know you love your new school because that's your uh, graphic is the Titans. <laughs> so, I know, so I know you're enjoying that, but that has to be um, a kind of a interesting transition to, to switch districts, and that I don't know what that's like because I've been with the same district uh, since I since I began in education. Mm-hmm. Ha- have you found any? Anything you've learned making that switch or making that change? So the first thing that I learned, that I learned, and I'll admit this openly and happily, the first thing that I learned is don't be afraid to do it. If, if you are being moved to look at a specific type of school, or if you're being moved to, um, that you really, like you really got it in you that, and for whatever reason, you can't get the opportunity to become an assistant principal, to become a, a, a leader in the school or in the district you're in. There is, it, it is not that scary. To, it's terrifying. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But, but when, you've got the, when you've got it inside of you and it's telling you you, got, you you need this, when your mission moves you, move with your mission. Um, that having been said, I walked in and I have no idea. None of the software is the same. None of the attendance or policies, all of it. The learning curve was super steep, super quickly. Um, you know, I had never had to chair, as an example, I'd never had to chair an IEP meeting. I had never been trained on how to chair an IEP meeting. And I walked in in my second or third week, I'm chairing an IEP meeting. And that is one of the things that they don't really talk about in any kind of administrative um, course program, those things that you wind up being responsible for and having to do and having to understand because, again, when you're sitting in those meetings, we're creating legal documents and things that have to be Mm -hmm. followed, and you need to know your stuff. You need to know what your students need and what your faculty has to comply with. That's, yeah, that's that's a weighty thing that I don't think uh, a lot of APs realize, oh, wait a minute, (laughs) that's that's on my plate too. 
Well, and it became very much to me, it became a, um, it became just like I was lucky in that it just became kind of a different part of my mission in that my mission is always, 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 always to do what's best for kids. And so walking in and having this totally, completely unprepared for this event, but at the end of the day, I've got to look at this student in front of me and I have to look at, and I got to look at mom and say, I, in my heart of hearts, I believe this is what's best for your child. And we can talk about it and you can tell me why I'm wrong. But right now I believe in my heart of hearts that we are doing the best we can for your, for your child. And so, yeah, like the paperwork became a brand new thing I had to learn and a whole different form of, uh, of, uh, writing up observations and checking attendance and entering grades and or checking grade books and all of the, like all the like hands-on things, mm-hmm. but not for nothing. It, it, a lot of it would have been different if I hadn't known, and, you know, even if I'd stayed in the same district, a lot of those things, when you start coming at it from a different lens, it, it means something different anyway, you know, which is why really when I think about it, like if you're, it, if, if you need to move to get the opportunities that you need, do it. It's not, it's scary, but it's not that scary. And, and I think that's uh, the professional growth piece that uh, assistant principals sometimes don't think about because sometimes you can get mired in the day-to-day, um, connecting with my kids and dealing with discipline and whatever other responsibilities, whether it's being in those meetings and different things that we don't always focus on what our professional goals are and that we need to be making decisions and and making moves that are that are positive for us. I know a lot of a lot of APs are happy in that role and want to stay APs. Some want to move on to principalships. Is is that a, a goal you're looking forward to in the future? It is. It is. I don't know how far down the road. For me, I look at some of the really exceptional principals that I've worked with, some of the leaders that are um, really, that are really moving the needle on, on a regular basis. And not that I'm looking at them going, Hey, I could do that. But more along the lines of, I, I, I want to be able to share in that, in that growth. I want to be able to share in that success and see and, and take responsibility for the, the groups in front of me in that same way. So I, I do think that at some point, um, a principalship is, is it, in the future. something I, I want to do. But it, yeah, I think so. It, it sounds like that was born in you from uh, your first teaching experience because you had a teacher who be, became a mentor for you, giving you what you needed before you knew you needed it. And and the best principals, I think, are those kind of leaders that kind of know uh, what their staff needs, not just the assistant principals under them, but for the rest of the staff. And when you get to work for someone like that, you can't help but grow and hopefully aspire to become that kind of leader that, okay, I'm going to help help lead people and help grow people uh, as opposed to you know stifling them or just keeping the status quo. Right, right, and that's really kind of what I'm hoping for. Is, that it is is just that is to be able to to really support and grow 
leaders, whether they become assistant principals, whether they become principals, whether they become teacher coaches, whether they just stay in their classroom and, and represent for the rest of the building is kind of beside the point. Um, I, but I feel like if, if, but I feel like if teachers, if adults in the building are growing, then they're going to work that much harder to ensure that children in the building are growing. Oh, definitely. And I, I think sometimes you have to, sometimes you might even have to push teachers to, to become those teacher leaders, whether it's uh, trying to get them to lead a, a professional development. I know I'm encouraging our teacher of the year to actually kind of take over our faculty meeting. I sit in her classroom and I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> the things she's doing are so great. And I asked her, I'm I asked her for our next faculty meeting, can you model it like your classroom? Just because we need that experience. You need the experience to to be able to lead the staff. But I would just love for them to get that experience that she gives uh, the kids and not just giving them the math they need, but also taking those brain breaks and doing different things to to get them thinking and talking uh, like mathematicians. That's that's. That's awesome. That's amazing. Now, you mentioned being uh, coming from a theater background, which this fascinates me too, because I'm a, a little bit of a theater nerd. And when I do have free time, I do like to participate in community theater. Are, are you still involved in any way in theater or in the theater? I'm not. I'm not. In, I, I'm not. And honestly, um, I work. So I before I. Before I moved to Maryland, uh, I lived in northern New Jersey, and I, so I worked, um, I worked off-Broadway in Manhattan. Okay, you, you are freaking me out, because <laughs> I was I kind of raised you. in South Jersey, so, and I know north and south Jersey I, are like two different states, but still. They are, but at least we can agree that central Jersey doesn't exist. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, but, so when I moved to, to Maryland... I worked for a little while, but, but it just wasn't, it, I guess the passion just wasn't there for me and it was a fine job and I liked it and it was fun. But, um, my best friend who is arguably the luckiest person on the planet and his wife had just moved back to the mainland from Hawaii. Um, they had, uh, he had gotten his master's degree in Hawaii and she had finished her bachelor's degree in Hawaii. They had moved back to Pennsylvania. She had her teaching degree. He had um, his master's in youth theater and a bachelor's degree in, uh, in German. She was looking for a job. She had come down to Maryland. She had an interview to teach uh, language arts in a middle school. The interviewer came out to bring them in. She had convinced him to come with and said, Oh, hi, oh, are, are you a teacher too? And he said, Oh, no, no, no. I'm, uh, my, my degree was in, my, my bachelor's degree was in German. And the high school, um, head of HR literally stood up from his, um, from his cubicle, looked around and said, I heard somebody say they speak German. I need a German teacher. Do you want a job? <laughs> Just like that. So he, um, so he ended up coming, uh, so he ended up becoming a German teacher and he and his wife really kind of, really kind of drew me in. And 
really kind of presented these like, hey, this is some of the stuff that we're doing. I know you'd be good at this. These are some of the ideas that these are some of the things we're going through. I know you'd be good at this. And so when they, so I finally was like, all right, fine. I'll send my resume to, uh, to HR. And you know, six weeks later, um, I was walking into a, a ninth grade English classroom. Wow. And, and find, and it sounds like finding your passion. Yeah, I got really lucky. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, I, I know that, I know that there are a lot of teachers and God help me. I've, taught now five or six kids who ended up going to school, getting their education degree and uh, walked into their classroom on that first day. And they're a teacher today. And, and I know that they walked in and they were like, this is it. This is what I'm meant to do. I am 22 and I know this about my life. And I was 26, 27 before I puzzled that out. Um, and even then, it was still sort of, you know what, I love kids, and I love working with kids, and, and I don't know, I still tell people that I want to be Captain America when I grow up. <laughs> so, sounds like you are, sounds like you are a bit of a superhero. Now, I do have to tell uh, folks that we actually connected, like I said, through the uh, AP chat, that is Sunday nights at 8 o'clock, uh, hashtag AP chat, the um, National Association of Secondary Principals kind of host that chat. And I'm just curious, are there other chats that you participate in or other ways you use social media to kind of grow your, your PLN? There are. There are. Let me see. I, um, I actually have them in my calendar for when they run as a reminder. Uh, so they pop up. So like AP chat comes up, I get the reminder every Sunday at 730 that I got a half an hour and in, and in this next half an hour in a perfect world, I got my son in bed and I can go ahead and take part. So this couple of weeks he's been getting in bed at eight o'clock. So I've been turning in a little late. I use, uh, I use new principles, connect Twitter chat. They do a, a question of the week, which is a, much longer hashtag than hashtag AP chat. Right. It's literally hashtag new principles connect Q O T W and then a number. I think they're up to 10 uh, huh. as, as of today. And then it's less of a, like a times Twitter chat and more of just sort of a, if you search that hashtag over the course of the week, you'll, um, you'll have some of that. I also use, I also will, um, sort of, uh, sort of spy on the uh, lead up chat, which is again that same hashtag lead up chat. That's a little bit less about educational leadership sometimes, and a little bit more about um, about organizational leadership. But I see a lot of those same parallels when I think about how I'm leading people and how I'm really trying to um, really try to move the needle at at my school and and grow the people around me and grow myself personally. So I try to, I try to focus on some of some of those just leadership principles, and then I'll use print. I'll use the right following AP chat is the uh, principal chat, and I'm not going to lie to you. I don't remember what it's called, <laughs> and I don't think I have it in my, and I don't think I have that one in my calendar because I it's when I can get into it. Um, but it's that I, I also 
I have multiple Twitter accounts. So I have my kind of personal, fun, ridiculous Twitter account. And then I have my, my professional, like this is my teacher Twitter account. Because, and there, that's the one I, that's the one that I use on, uh, on AP chat. And that's the one that I, I use for all of these, all these Twitter chats. And I use that because I deliberately and thoughtfully and specifically follow educational thought leaders. So that's where I follow um, Jennifer Gonzalez from Cult of Pedagogy. That's where I follow you. <laughs> that's where I follow uh, Simon Sinek from uh, the Start With Why and Leaders Eat Last. And so I use that, I use that Twitter because then I can kind of open up my phone and think, all right, what am I looking for? Am I looking for some way to re-engage some of my teachers? Am I looking for some way to deal with this specific disciplinary issue that I can't handle yet, that I'm still, still haven't wrapped my head around this student's motivation. Um, and I'll use it just to sort of, to kind of prompt me. And I'm lucky enough. And, and because I have multiple Twitters, it filters out all the noise. There's no political posts. Uh, there's no, um, you know, there's no like, not that, not that I don't love pictures of other people's, of my friend's children. <laughs> no, but, no. I, I know exactly but, what you mean. I actually have a, a, a Twitter for the podcast, a Twitter that is kind of my educational Twitter so that I can follow the, the, the folks who are thought leaders. And even when I'm in those chats, I like to follow the other APs such as yourself and another Twitter right that. I can look at all the goofy junk, the catter day posts and other ridiculousness. Right. <laughs> no, it's great to be able to post those things and it's great to be able to see people that I care about and it's great to be able to connect with them. But for me, but for me, um, this Twitter is an extension of the workday. And so I sort of deliberately use it that way. I you know, would never post something on there that I wouldn't say at work. Right. Stuff like that. And, and that's probably a good rule of thumb for anyone, and not just in leadership, but in education, just to make sure that if you do have a Twitter account, an educational account, that you can post things from school. A lot of times I will retweet my, my school's uh, Twitter post on that particular post, but especially to to get information and to, and to get help with different things. But by all means, make sure that you are following those folks in the educational space, the the thought leaders, the movers, the shakers, and the folks doing the work, just like you are, because that's where we can get our help from. So that 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 is awesome. Well, Jody, I I just want to say thank you. I don't know if you have anything else you want to share with us. No, you know, I mean, for me, so I guess, can I, let me ask you a question. I've got you. I've got you. We're here. We're talking. <laughs> okay. Right. Hey. And you had, you had mentioned, this was a couple of weeks ago, a couple of episodes ago, I guess. You had talked a little about, a little bit about the, the books that you're reading and the books that you're, that you use, you know, kind of the, for, for your own personal professional development. And I know you use, and I know you use Twitter because again, I follow well, both of your professional <laughs> Twitter accounts. But, but what about, like, so I guess the two questions for me and something that I never, I still haven't really found the balance for 
is finding the time to commit to those to that personal professional reading. But then also, who are you reading? What are your like? Where, where are you going? What are your books? And and again, when you say finding the time, and that is the one thing that escapes you because a lot of times the weekends you want to give to family, you want to give to your life, just finding that balance I know is hard. And I have to be honest, when once the school year gets started and rolling, I don't get to read as much. I'm just finished. I'm actually just finishing up uh, Angela Duckworth's Grit. And I know also, and I'm still in the midst of reading the Hacking series, so I've been reading Hacking Leadership as well as Hacking Discipline, uh, but uh, Grit is actually, it's not specifically a book on education, but again, the concept and the theory and how it uh, relates to growth mindset are things that I'm interested in, because like you said before, not even just following things in education, but also in leadership and the things that we need to be mindful of in doing. So that's some of the reading. Now, finding the time to do that, that's difficult. I think some of the reading also that I get to do is through articles and things from the different associations I belong to, uh, one being ASCD. Also, I mentioned the Mm -hmm. um, National Association of Secondary Principals, but reading sometimes reading their weekly updates because I know recently there was one just talking about school culture and that's something that our school is kind of dealing with and going through and, and not even so much for the kids as much as for the adults. And we started school early this year, so now late September we've been at it two months, so people are getting kind of just all out of it and funky and and that Friday the 13th and full moon combo did not did not sit well that did not sit well for the kids or for the adults but anyway I came across an article on culture that I shared with the rest of my leadership team and it it is hard I like to always try to find articles and find different things that I can at least uh learn something from, pull things from, and even be able to share with either my, my coworkers, whether it's a fellow admin team or or a school department. It, it's hard. I don't know what the magic formula is for it, but I'm still trying. I don't know. Do you, do you have anything mastered or anything on your reading list? Um, so on my reading list right now, I have... Uh, I have Three things. Over the summer, I convinced uh, I convinced our principal to buy uh, Baruti Kafele's book, um, motivating African American males to succeed in school and in life. Oh, I, I saw and him at a conference this summer. He is awesome. <laughs> if if I, you get a chance, so if you get a chance to see him, and actually, hey, uh, next year's um, National Principals Conference is actually going to be in Maryland. So, oh, is it? Yes. Okay. I mean, he's a local boy. He's from he's from East Orange. Oh, wow! <laughs> like, like he's he grew up or he he grew up and he taught he cut his teeth. I don't know, probably half an hour, forty five minutes from where I grew up. Wow. Um. But so so I I have that and I have a bajillion uh, little post it flags in there. I was smart enough that by the time I got to about the tenth or fifteenth, I started color coding them. And then, so I, I go back to that pretty regularly. I'm reading um, A Leader's Legacy by Cousins and Posner. 
again, just sort of like a, a leadership, sort of moving the needle on leadership. Um, and then I'm reading uh, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. Um, this year, our push in our district is to move ourselves as school leaders into more of a servant leadership uh, mindset. So, it, that's um, district wide or just your school? That's district wide. Oh wow! Um, although I'm, and I think that, but I think that we're, and I think, and I think it's a, a hard thought process transition for a lot of people, especially people that have been doing this for a long time, to to completely transition away from take my word for it, I know this, to I'm going to stop talking and just listen for a little while. Um, so, so I have that and we're, I'm, and I, and I also have, uh, his Twitter handle is, uh, unfold the soul um, and it's Kenneth Williams, like Ken- Kenneth Williams. Okay. Um, I'm reading uh, a book about establishing effective, um, professional learning groups in like in your school, which is a hard thing in high school. And so I'm really kind of trying to, to figure out how to you, how to really leverage my it's a hard thing in high school you are definitely saying something I, I guess because I came from the middle school world where I was an instructional facilitator and middle schools tend to have planning you know grade levels or departments can have yep. planning times in common it was a little easier to have those uh, professional learning communities whereas in high school it's like herding cats yeah, <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> They are very much of the mindset of I'm in my little world. I'm in my room. I'm going to close my door, and this is how it gets right. done. This is, this is my time, and I will use my time the way I best see fit. Oh yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. There's some. It can be it can be an interesting transition going from from middle school up to high school in the, the personality. Well, I, my mantra is I think I'm too young for high school. It's been, it, it's been an interesting transition, although I, I'm over the ninth grader. So that's kind of, they're still kind of my people because they're still kind of middle schooly and I, I, yeah. I, I, can, I can work with them. I can relate with them. I, um, I get that. <laughs> we do, we go by, we go by alphabet in my building. Oh, okay. So, well, I get the I get the full range of them, and yeah, there are days that ninth graders are my favorite. But <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, Kathy. It's like Elf. Ninth graders are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm the hoping by next semester the there'll be a little the, the shell shock will wear off, and they they will they will calm down and realize, you know, high school's different, and we can't. Uh, do our crazy uh, middle school stuff. <laughs> I'm hoping. You let me know how that worked out for you. <laughs> I, I, I will definitely let you know. Well, listen, <laughs> Jody, this has been great. This has been another um, year of AP and Dangerously podcast first because it's our first telephone interview. But I thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and Again, we'll, we will see you in the chat rooms, I'm sure, at AP Chat and some of the other chats that you listed. Anything else you want to share with our audience before, before no, we say bye? I mean, I just, I just want to thank you for, uh, 
for, for taking the time for having me on. I'm, I'm super excited to, I mean, I'll admit I'm less excited to hear the sound of my own voice, but, but I'm super excited to, to hear the, hear the, the episode and to make all of the teachers in my building listen to it. <laughs> that is awesome. That is great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kathy. Again, Jody, thank you so much for being willing to come on to take some time out to talk to us about your journey, about what inspires you and the things that you're reading. We will have some links on the website yearofapingdangerously.com so that you can check out some of those Twitter chats. Sunday nights at 8 p.m. is the AP chat. And if you go to Twitter and just put in your hashtag AP chat on Sunday nights, you can be a part of that chat where we can exchange information. You can grow your PLN because a lot of times when we're on the chat, I would encourage you to follow some of the other assistant principals as they share out things from their school. It might give you ideas about how you share out information about your school and and, and sell your school's brand. But again, that was very exciting. And I would love to hear your origin story. So I'm throwing out the gauntlet again because Jody heard it and he stepped up. So maybe there's someone else out there who can share their stories from the AP zone as we all spend the best day we know how in the year of APing dangerously. Thank you for listening. For show notes and more, visit yearofapingdangerously.com. 